What's that flying in the sky on numerous legs too many to count? Why, it's Wandering Monster driving a mech. Roll initiative! Hello. Hello? Hello. Hello. I forgot how to count, apparently. My name is John Baldusfrigger, and this is Wandering Monster, America's Test Table, where we don't just play test games. We stress test my poor, poor brain. <laughs> You're John Baldusfrigger. Colors and shapes. <laughs> I, don't, I already said my name. It's up to y'all now. I am Charles Be- Bernard. Ian Sabas. Mr. Paschke, and with us again, Kevin Welch. Lovely. So we are all here. My friends, uh, tonight almost didn't happen because uh, my friend and tattoo artist called me up and said, hey, I see you're going to be doing some medical stuff this summer. I also know you've been wanting a Godzilla sleeve for um, ever. My gift to you, let's get this sleeve done before your chemo starts. Uh, so I just sat through a seven-hour session today. Uh, friends, you can see my good, good boy here. Um, yeah. Hold on, hold on, real quick. Uh, uh, hold on, you're now on the big screen. Okay. Wait, no, no, no. Oh, my God. Everyone, everyone, don't worry. This is amazing. It's worth it. It's worth all the... It's so worth it. Um, okay, now okay. we're back. So giant monsters uh back when this show was a different show right uh charles and i and lemons did this thing where we would each bring one monster and then we would talk about how they were the coolest monster and then i would run like this uh this D session where all those monsters would fight one another and uh one t- one time uh, after Charles had presented his and Lemons had presented theirs, I just screamed, you brought a demon? Well, I brought a goddamn kaiju! And uh, introduced Biolante. And since I was GMing this uh, thing, uh, Biolante won by a lot. <laughs> um, I say this all to say that I adore giant monster and giant robot media. Um, like there's, there's a, there's a game by the guys that make war machine, which I've talked about ad nauseum in the old format, uh, called monster apocalypse, which is a miniatures versus giant robots, like war gaming thing. Uh, and there's a lot of those and there's a lot of, uh, I don't know if Charles shared it on the Instagram, but I picked up uh mecha versus Kaiju the other day from tiny D six systems. Like it's a genre that brings me nothing but joy. Because at the end of the day, I wish I was a giant monster tearing the arm off a robot that was threatening me. Um, Don't we all? But the truth is um, that we, as a people, have never been more divided uh, before than this point in history. The, um, the, the, uh, the left, the right, the pineapple on pizza versus the anchovies on pizza, and of course... Giant monster, giant robot. Um, the quintessential uh, uh, struggle that defines the archetypal struggle, I will say, that defines us all as humans. Giant robot versus giant monster. Ergo, I think it is important for us as humans. Uh, 
working to to develop in, empathy to heal divides uh and to to learn to love to learn to love once more that we step into the shoes of the i won't say villainous but you know dastardly giant robots and and see how they can speak to our heart and maybe start that healing ian tell us about the game tonight a heck of an intro there. So we are going to be playing uh, Aether Nexus, which is a hack of the Black Hack. It is a hack of the Mecha Hack, uh, which were originally developed by David Black. So this game is brought to us by uh, writers Matt Click, Michael Barker, Tim Kearney, and uh, a host of great artists. This is still a work in development, so they even have a Discord where you can find out more information about the work in progress and get more up-to-date information. Uh, but this does capture, as John was saying, a lot of what makes the, of what really captures the genre, whether or not if you were someone that came in and like some of the early wave things like Voltron or newer wave things such as like Pacific Rim, this hits all of those kind of areas that you love. Even there's a lot of elements from like 40K since we have a lot of our viewership as a fan of pan GW content. Uh, so this has a little bit of kind of call out to each one of those things so wherever you are in that spectra that john was talking about that great rift and divide you're going to find something that you like in that from whether or not these are heroic robotic um or apparatus as they're called here um figures or if you are more exciting with the uh, giant kaiju and other types of monstrosities that you'd be battling in the suits if you like so adorable a... uh adorable xeno forms as well um this is a good one. Yeah, the, the art is really uh, spot on. Yeah. And you get to play Xeno races yourself. So you get uh, some pretty interesting diversity as far as the classes and characters. And as far as the, it's also important since you're kind of bringing up this divide and there are different kinds of expectations. Like, what does it mean when you start talking about giant robot? What is the set and setting? And it's like a 15 kind of second elevator pitch. The world in which this is set, um, the people, the Escarns, ventured past the veil and discovered the, the Aether, which helped them to make um, Aether tech. Um, but exploring this other world and pulling the energy from that gathered the attention of the Agdra, which are in a way almost like Tyranids, if you're from the 40k, or like chitinous bug monstrosities that then Zerg swarmed and surged. Yep. I was going to cite the Zerg. Uh, ah. I just want to point out Silithids. There, now we've mentioned all the bug monsters. <laughs> there we go. Leading to a uh, a giant war, and it was only through the development and utilization of the uh, apparatus helped turn the chide, but ultimately it shattered and fragmented the world. So the world itself are is a constellation of floating island chunks and continents around the planet's inner molten heart, and time has passed after this giant war where these the costs to operate and function those giant mechs were so exorbitant that they're now just ancient dusty relic used to do noble house wars to maybe a little bit of labor here and there but the prophecies have kind of warned about returning of the Agdra and a fading of the sun and kind of this looming apocalypse and now 
these suits are being dusted off and then are being uh, prepared once again for the kind of coming of the end. So that's uh, a little bit of an intro there. And uh, why don't we start introducing our apparatus? Uh, who wants you know, to talk I know talk this is unusual, but I'd, I'd actually really like to go first for once, if that's okay. I um, actually, I do have one it. thing to interject, though, Charles. Yeah. I mentioned this is a game for healing, so I need everyone to avoid doing a really, like, ignorant, uh, racist robot voice. For this one, okay. Because we're trying to we're trying to mend. I know, I know they're super appropriate, <laughs> but damn. Wow. It. All right. Um, so, okay. So uh, just take that. Delete. I <laughs> I am uh, right. fighting under the banner of Iron Lancer. My name is Olak, and I am a Bufo-rog, Is how I decide I'm going to say it. Bufo-rog. Um, I am an amphibious being. Uh, we are dwellers kind of in the wilds. Um, we are known for being uh, tough to kill. We're, we're pretty resilient. Um, I, my mech is also uh, extremely, um, you know, armor-plated. Uh, and my, um, let me see, anything else? Uh, that's pretty much it. I'm a frog in a big apparatus? tank. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did say that. Um, nope. I guess I didn't. Let's see. Dragoon. Ah, the dragoon. Yes, my frame type is the dragoon, which is kind of a, a tank type. Uh, if if you know what that's shorthand for, like high armor, um, pretty high damage. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Rock rocking. Um. I am Soulbreaker. <laughs> um, most most uh, things without mandibles call me Char. Um, sorry. <laughs> John suffers for his art. I do. I am a uh, Chimru. Uh, that is sort of like a uh, spider-like alien uh uh we do look a little bit like the ogdra but uh where they are fixated on consumption we are more fixated on understanding uh the world and kind of uh we are also imperialists but we're like ideological imperialists we're like ah let's discover everything and like interweave it into our own mythology and and uh libraries I bet you guys are badass architects. Uh, we are. Uh, we are also very handsome, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> I I fly an Edercap, which is a. I mean, let's be honest. It's a little bit like a giant mech spider. Um, on a related note, John, I John am entering a new diet where, uh, as an alpha male, I only eat predatory animals. And I've taken eating 2,000 to 3,000 spiders every day. Nice. Um, so, like, you are what you eat, baby. That's the character yeah. tonight. Eat the 3,000 spiders. John That's is like going to be climbing up the 50 walls. 50 calories? <laughs> hey, it depends on the size of the actually, spider, bro. It, it I think does. if you were living on spiders, school. you'd have to, like, eat 
so many times your own weight in spiders to like get by it it's it's not as hard as you think because in middle school <laughs> my science fair project was actually calculating what the quantity and type of insects you'd have to eat on a daily basis to meet your nutritional needs after no, there was a British the spider show. pilot yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nice. Like uh, I still have my poster, so cool. I want to see it. That's awesome. In fact, the USDA does have nutritional values of insects if you go through the website. <laughs> so they should, <laughs> and that's awesome that they do. You know, like if I want to forage, it's my riding as an American to forage. Finally, I can I can subtract the point five uh, amount right. of bug from my peanut butter and determine the actual <laughs> nutritional value of peanuts. <laughs> I think they just roll it in there. They're just assuming you're eating so many crickets, you know. <laughs> if it's brown, <laughs> do you want you want your smooth crickets or your crunchy crickets? Um, crunchy all the way. Yeah, yeah. They've got that mouthfeel. All right. So I guess Next. I'll go. Um, so I am playing uh, Sky Seer. Uh, my my. Band, bander, banner, my banner is Skyseer, and my character's uh, name is Meech, Meech, ah, I can't talk tonight, Jesus, uh, Me I'm playing a character, Frederick <laughs> uh, my brain's really from Miku, yeah, we'll go with that, all right, um, I have, a, I have an armor mech suit, which is a thing. Um, before I got distracted with my, my not able to read anymore tonight, um, uh, I was going to talk like this the whole time because in my mind, this is now an anime and there's nothing you can do to stop me. I love it. Please do that. It's fire time. My race is not human, but I look like one. I'm technically a Calderon. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's that's gonna be tonight. What's that? What? Uh, I guess it's my turn. Um, my character's name is Deck, and he's under the Sword Knot uh, banner. Uh, he uh, he is a Cloven. Uh, that's his uh, kin. As it turns out, the Cloven were the first uh, ventured uh, who Cloven who first ventured into the ethereal and harnessed uh, the ether, ushering in an era of prosperity while also throwing wide the door for the coming of the Ogdra. I can't speak either. Thank you, Mr. Pashkey. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I am going to be uh, in the Sunderer frame uh, or apparatus. Uh, basically, it's um, a battle-ready frame is more uh, more for agility than, like, ruinous damage, you know. So, bam. Kind of where I'm going with that. Oh, now, Kevin, I want to see you do this anime style because somehow that seems like it'd be real. Come on, Kevin, embrace the power of friendship. <laughs> Let's go. John doesn't look impressed at all. No, I think we're killing the spirit. Ah. We, need like a, we need like a 10 minute commercial break to advertise uh, breakfast cereal and like cheap toys. Can't copy. We'll have to do that. You know what? Um, my policy is that we should only uh, voluntarily advertise 
um stuff that that we support like we don't really control what twitch shows people um but uh i'm in favor of both saturday morning breakfast cereal and uh toys so i'm cool with that no one no one wants me to advertise for them because i'm going to be advertising for a generic shredded wheat that's unsweetened <laughs> we can we can hurdle yeah hey hey you 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 start sponsoring us we'll turn off the ads and we'll just do your your thing yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm looking at you, shredded wheat companies. Yeah, I'm looking at you, extreme restraints. Yeah, uh, I will say you this: sit like, all day streaming. If you need fiber, if you're slinging any sort of cryptocurrency, you can go fuck yourself. Um, Unless it is cryptocurrency that. that is built into a a cage that shocks your penis. Yeah, or I guess we'd also uh, a, a sex toy of most kinds. I think we would accept. So it has it's to fungible. be, yeah, yeah, but they have to be fungible, highly yeah. fungible. Like yeah, we always support fungible sex promiscuously toys. Promiscuously fungible, if you will. Or fungus sex toys. <laughs> so, <laughs> shifting away from fungal adult novelties, <laughs> things... I, there, you know, I feel like every time we restream, there's always something that I feel like I have to say that I never would have figured that I would ever say in my entire life. So, uh, fungal adult novelties is up there for at least today. So let's uh, let's take it from there. So the world in which you are a part of is this shattered world that, even though it's been centuries since this giant war between the Agra and your fellow survivors, the, the world itself hasn't been put back together. It's perpetually adrift. The more core word that these fragments are, the kind of wealthier the status is. You have more warmth, more natural resources. You're closer to the energy of the revolving core and more on the fringe it is literally colder and it's more barren and it's more fragmented so these uh, communities on the outside have formed the clans of the outer drifts so you all as kind of mutual reliance depend on one another to defend against raiders, defend against incursions of alien species, and always keeping an eye out for the return of the Ogdra. So all of you have different banners and different heraldry that represent the ancient lines from where your apparatus have come from, but you yourselves are a nexus, a squadron of these knights that are dedicated to supporting these exterior clans and communities uh, and protect them. So you are all intimately familiar. In fact, in this world, when you are part of a nexus, not only are you communing with your own apparatus and having that, that communication, but you also psychically can communicate with everyone that's in your nexus. So all of you at this point uh, love the soothing, energetic sounds of uh, Skyseer Mishak's voice as uh, it always just motivates you on to do, what, what was that, uh, what kind of axiom can you give us about the power of friendship and working together yeah, friends, remember, my voice is in your head, just like it is in mine. The screaming never stops. You hear it too now. Let's go fight. 
I was going to say at the end of this, I want to make sure that when we close out <laughs> gameplay that you do like the PSA, like children, don't stick forks in the outlets and make sure you talk to an adult before cooking eggs, you know, like, so make sure you're... <laughs> and then we all freeze frame. Yes. Every year, 70,000 children die cooking eggs. <laughs> Did you know that sharks are less dangerous than toddlers? Toddlers kill more people in the United States than sharks do. The more you know. Also, I want to point out that Charles sounded exactly like Buffalo Bill when he was reading that PSA. (laughs) He puts the lotion in the basket. Hello, children. I want to play a game. You've gone your whole life not knowing where your children are after nine. That ends tonight. <laughs> I would like to say that as we're traveling and sharing mental <laughs> space, um, I like to think that John and I are just grooving on the idea of some tasty crickets, since we'd both be super into that. Yeah. Yeah. Just contemplating crickets together. Mine are really. mine are gram masala flavored. Yeah, I'm down with that. That sounds delicious. Oh yeah. <laughs> So all of you are from different fragments, um, but you are all in this kind of calm down. And it's kind of a, a quick world building. Say one thing that's really interesting or something that you particularly value about your small bit of fragment. And it could be anywhere from the size of a living room to a small continent. Um, say something about where you are from on this kind of outer fringe of this constellation of fragments. Well, first of all, uh, where I come from, we call it a fragment. And second, it's about as big as a lily pad pond, you know. Uh, I am from a cluster of of fragments that are held together by uh, silk and... Uh, kind of like lashed together, so it's a a. It, they're all very small, and each little like fragment holds you know one family unit, but it's a hive of clusters that are together, and uh, <clears throat> our particular uh fragment cluster is dedicated to uh the uh study of and preservation of poetry. Lovely. Love that. I've been changing bodies for so long, I forgot who I really am. <laughs> this is just a husk that I wear to pass off in human society. <laughs> I'm glad none of you have noticed that your actual friend has been gone for three months, and I've taken their place. I would be honest, dude. All humans look alike to me. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like, yeah. Hey, did Fred, always, I think did Fred always have that Call tick? me speciesist, but, you know, <laughs> ten fingers, ten toes, it's all the same to me. Exactly. I feel like this is one of my favorite Patchy characters so far. I love where <laughs> yeah, this is going. The best part is it's not a character. <laughs> yeah, this is just, this is just Patches. Pa- Patchy's just given voice to his madness at long last. <laughs> <laughs> And what about you, Sword Knot? Um, Dex, uh, little slice of the universe is more of just like a uh, kind of like an island with like little various little 
I, other smaller islands around kind of just a, it's being as a uh, the family is uh, is key to their survival or to their uh, their legacy that uh, they, they keep it really close knit and tight and um, and being as they were you know the first to actually harness the the aether they kind of feel I wouldn't say uh, better but they would. <laughs> so they they kind of hold themselves to a, a higher uh uh level or uh than yeah, most people so or most you guys the, are are distinguished is how you would probably... quite distinguished and yes, we'd yeah. be more than happy to tell you so all of you are very invested in your fragments and the communities where you come from and something that has been a threat and something that you've been monitoring are these incursions that happen by raiders from the ether. They've been slicing in like a, a cruel knife and, read, and leading raids on smaller fragments areas. Sometimes they seem to just wipe out all the fences and just absolutely devastate things but not take anything. And other times they seem to be hunting for specific types of resources, but so far it's been hard to figure out exactly what they're really after. But your sensors will always kind of pick up this crackling distortion in the veil before they puncture their way through and then lead their raids. They're always heralded by this giant black ship that seems to just release tons of smaller like bandit-like vessels that go through and lead a lot of the reconnaissance or a lot of these smaller attacks while the larger ship will just drop very large lances just destroying things and it's been hard to capture or kind of predict them but it's something that has your whole nexus on high alert. That amount of firepower in your area where you have these smaller fragments is a real and and it's a real threat. And in fact, that's become your priority threat lately, rather than the return of the Ogdra. And so one day when you're out and doing your regular maintenance on your apparatus, you see in the distance that one of your nearby fragment territories, Ferric, you hear distress signals coming for them and you can see plumes of smoke that are beginning to erupt from the fragment and it's kind of getting pulled coreward, um, these giant gouts of smoke and flame. You can see that the ether itself is parting and you see the snout of the black ship beginning to poke through. Is there any sort of um, heraldry that is legible on its hull? You're really far from this. In fact, in this system, you have close, near, far, and distant. So this is even further than distant. Um, this would be something that you would need to take more than three maneuvers to reach. You've not come up close and seen it. However, you can either tap into equipment that gets you there, or you can start to make a mad dash to get over there as quick as you can. Anybody so, have any sort of specialized 
transportation ability or whatever? Um, I have kind of a, like, I'm good at, like, crawling around. Like, but not... Like, I would be good if the the thing stopping us or hindering us was rocky terrain, but I don't really have anything special for this. Yeah. Nor do I, I have the same thing, um, only on terrain. <clears throat> that ether wind ability. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just start hauling ass, shall we? Wait a minute. Yeah. Hang on a second. Channels devastating energy. No, 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 no. First fire shot. Yeah, I think we should just start hauling ass. All right. Yeah. Let's go, gang. It's not going to investigate itself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So you start making a direct trajectory towards Theric. As you get closer, you can see that the ship itself is this ugly, snarled ship. It looks old. It has like black towers and minarets kind of sticking at it at odd angles. In fact, it almost kind of looks like it's been cobbled together from other ships and welded in very ugly and kind of grotesque ways. It's a giant freighter, and you can see that um, between all these kind of towerments are a large pair of load cannons, as well as bristling with other types of etheric weapons. As it begins to uh, translate further into real space, you can see this like purple etheric lightning kind of dancing on the underside of the hole. Already from its under underneath its belly, that there are lots of smaller ships beginning to buzz out of it, almost like a swarm of wasps. They seem to all be concentrating on one specific area of Theric. It's the largest kind of small continent area, and they seem to be bombarding one large area that's a little bit past the major iron mines, that is the major resource output for this area. It's away from the cities and the other uh, kind of uh, settlements of Theric, but it's still in that same kind of protected economic zone. And when you say we swarm, wanna... oh, yeah, no, go, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, when you say swarm, are you saying like 10, 30, 100, hundreds? So right now, you can see that moving in towards the ground, there's probably like six of these that are actively moving about. But on the underbelly of it, you see there's probably three to six others that are kind of detaching itself. Oh, kind of like a simian, uh, uh, smearing toad okay. kind of coming out of it. Little brigands class uh, apparatus. Okay. Um, From here, as you are getting closer, you're seeing that Theric is launching a response already. You see that they have their own apparatus also, like, coming out of the mines that are normally, like, labor bots that they are using to defend. It's a smaller defense. Like, you see that there are, like, four of these... Uh, suits, and you see that coming from other areas, you see at least three others coming. So the defenders have about seven-ish? 
So the defenders look like they're going to probably have a total of five and like that you can see dedicated, maybe more coming. This is still seems to be like an early response, but there's definitely more imminent threat from the ship itself. Right. Okay. Um, I think that we should. Oh, right. We can communicate telepathically. Mm -hmm. That's Um, correct. I don't. I will. I will head towards the uh, the miners and kind of act as you know defense. If anything gets through, uh, you guys set up a line and because uh, my one of my special things is I can kind of teleport everyone to me. Uh, so I'll go down and and run defense, like run like you know back backline defense. And if they start to break through me, I can just pull everyone to me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, cool. I, I kind of break off the main group and start <laughs> my way, uh, my way down. So at this point, what we're going to do is we'll kind of transition this into the combat mode. So this means that when you are deciding your actions, you get two actions per turn, and that could be your maneuver. It could be your activate, your strike or it can be your interact. If you do two of the same actions, then it requires you to roll for your nexus roll, which is a measure of how much strain you're putting on your machine. That does though give you the opportunity to activate your nexus ability. Like you were saying, yours would just like cause your friends to teleport towards you. So we'll go ahead and kind of round robin actions. If you're gonna be doing your two movements uh, and getting to that front line fast, uh, you'll make the first roll of the evening and that's gonna be your nexus die. For you, your die is a D10. If you roll a one or a 10, let me know. All right. Um, I rolled a three. Okay. So you're pushing machine, but it is humming fine. All the time that you've taken to do your maintenance is paying off and you get over there pretty quickly. You can see that you are close to the entrance of this mine and you see that there are two apparatus that are are beginning to haul what looks to be like a giant laser drill out of the mine and they're trying to position up towards the giant black ship but they're struggling because it's very it's a very heavy clunky mining drill that they're just yanking out of the mine as fast as they can I'll, i'll angle towards that so that i can get to that and give them a hand Okay, uh, next, Iron, or I guess Olek. I'll call you um, by your boxes. Let's see. Well, I, I'm going to hang back in the line for now. Although, John, if you want me to come and back you up, I've got, um, I think I'm pretty strong. Let me check that stat again. <clears throat> yeah, I think I am. So you want me to come down there and help you lift that big-ass drill? Uh, maybe they seem to think it's a good defense. So maybe coming down here and helping us so we can get them on the offensive as quickly as possible. Makes sense to me. Yep. All right, cool. (laughs) I will, in that case, advance right behind, uh, John, which means I need to roll my thingamajig, right? Absolutely. And that would be a D10 for me as well. Correct. That is, no, for you is a D8. Ah, thank you. Uh, five. 
Okay, fantastic. So you don't suffer any type of engine malfunction and you're able to get over there as, uh, just in step with your Adder Cap friend. Next would be uh, Sword Knot deck. Um, since these guys are going to be going down and getting the, uh, helping with the, the miners get the, the cannon out, I'm going to get into the, uh, into the fray and kind of try to take some of the, the opposition heat. Yeah. Take some of the heat basically. Um, is it going to be two movements to get to that position? So you can, since you have a ranged weapon, you can spend one maneuver and you can get within firing range since your weapon is optimal within... Uh, close, sorry, within uh, near to far, sorry, close to far range. I'm going to get this swap back and forth. Near, near to far. far. There we go. Right, yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so, yes, so you can fire your load cannon. So that would just mean that you're going to be treating that as a stat check for your flux. So for you, it's a little bit of a harder roll. It is, you need to roll under eight. Okay. Uh, well, then I will, I'll do that. I'll get into position, fire the load cannon, and I rolled a 12. That's because you didn't go on him first. Science. So, so yeah. you, so you fire and it just goes wide. These uh, little raiding apparatus are very nimble. You can see they don't have a lot of armor because they're sacrificing that for just sheer swarm tactics. And you see one of them churn, and you already hear like warning clicks on your sensors as it is going to be targeting you. Okay. And for your future rounds, since if you're wanting to keep with range, you do have your devastator ability that would help you get advantage um, if you want to stay a safe distance away. Um, okay. Next, yeah, just uh, letting you know your options. All right. Um, me, I feel like we should probably. So these names were actually rolled as a really cool name generator for your banner in Vox. I feel like we're all going to be stumbling over Michoch. So maybe would you want to be uh, some type of like chibi esque name <clears throat> since you were in this anime? Yeah. Mode. Um, I know. Best name ever. Clint Howard. <laughs> Oh, right. Sky wow. Seer Clint. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, John's gone. Okay. Right, so... he's, did you drive him off that time, or did he, did he actually think, just I fall think I off? lost a point. No, that was Rage. <laughs> so that's a point. That's uh, how many points are you? Um, I think that's the first point of the night. We haven't been keeping Yeah, that's the first point of the night. Yeah. First point of the night. Okay. All, All right. right. So, uh, so... Clint, uh, go. What are you? What is your course of action? Um, other than being Ron Howard's little brother, um, <laughs> I I will go to back up the my my other mech friend attacking the enemy because that's that's what you do. It's teamwork. All right. Uh, so you spend one maneuver to get into position, and then you also pull out your load caster. So mm -hmm. make me a flux check. So that's going to be uh, rolling under 12. Under 12 and a d20? That's correct. Seven. Fantastic. So you uh, take advantage of the wide shot that your friend 
uh, spat out there and you target the one that is already kind of uh, distracted by him and you fire at it. So you roll me your damage time, which is a D6 for you. Okay. One. Now, one. Now, if we're future things, what's interesting is the weapons that you have will have different types of quality modifiers to it. In future attacks, if it says light, you can actually make two attacks uh, with that weapon, but at one damage die lower. So for your case, you could roll 2d4 instead of 1d6 if you want. Hmm. I'll try to remember that for next time. All right, so you fire and you uh, put a small chink uh, in its uh, its armor. It doesn't seem to be having any type of electrical barrier around it, and you see you've burned through its armor, and it you also get targeting runes lighting up in the back of your screen. So the, in this space, this uh, the airspace fight, that you're going to have two of these mechs that are going to be coming in that are going to be targeting uh, you, Clint, and um, Deck. Uh, so I'm going to resolve that before we go down to our companions that are helping to maneuver the uh, giant laser drill. So. Um, your target rooms are lighting up and they fire these salvos of like very bright energy lances towards the two of you. Uh, I need both of you to roll me your flux checks to maneuver out of the way. Uh, that was a 19 on the die. Uh, All right. <clears throat> I rolled a 16. Okay, so for both of you, those are failures. So these things are very fast, and they spit these bolts at you, and then you both hit you. Uh, so now uh, I'm going to be rolling damage, but then after I've rolled damage, you need to figure out how many damage dice you, or how many armor dice you want to roll to try to soak that damage. Uh, so I will go ahead and... Right? So, um, deck, uh, you take one point of damage, and then, um, Clint, you take three points of damage. And so, you both have different pools for your shield. You can roll as many dice as you want. If you roll the max of your shield, then it breaks and you reduce that pool size. Okay. Um, I'll just roll one die then. Uh, okay. I roll a four on that, uh, on a D six. So does that negate damage? That means you get to, yes, you get to soak that and you get to keep your armor die. Uh, what are you doing? Um, Clint, Clint, uh, rolled a two, which, uh, I was taking three damage, right? Originally. That's correct. Steven, you take, yeah, you can roll more dice if you want. You can roll another if you'd like. I'll keep the one damage. Okay, so you take one damage, um, and you feel that sympathetically go th as it goes through your apparatus. You feel that sympathetic pain um, as it kind of you get this burning sensation in your shoulder, and it's kind of clicking sound from that. Meanwhile, on the ground, uh, the two of you, Zar and Olak, you are uh, positioning yourself to help with this giant drill. Um, you can see that it has lots of batteries and slots around it. And it has a large bore cannon. It uh, is humming as it's beginning to already kind of pre-warm up, but it needs help to position it correctly. Can I uh, do? 
Can I, I have a special power called adjunct limbs, so I can pop out like extra reinforced appendages. Cool. Uh, obviously, wow. it has specific like stuff, but could I use these to help me uh, maneuver this thing to be a super uh, 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 dexterous mech? Absolutely. Um, as you're beginning to, so you could roll your uh, uh, stone with advantage. And as you are beginning to position yourself, you can see the ship as it is flying above you. Um, you can see more of these bay doors opening, releasing more of these, uh, it's like bandit fighters. So next turn, you look like you're going to have a squadron of four of these uh, light ships closing in on you, hoping, trying to like perhaps okay. intercept you from setting up the laser drill. I rolled eight under. Uh, for my roll, my stone roll. All right. So you helped to finish pulling this out of the mine, which is one of the, the hardest parts of it. And now it's the fine movement of uh, angling it the correct way. Do you want to use your second action to finish yeah. that? Or yeah, for sure. Okay. I, I'm still using my uh, my living limbs. Okay. Uh, oh, rolled the same thing twice. So uh, one under. All right, fantastic. Uh, you were fuel it grind and click as you kind of force it beyond how it's supposed to be configured, making it stand almost straight upright and into the right position. You can already feel it begin to thrum with energy as the batteries are beginning to charge, but you know it's going to take time before it can actually effectively fire. Uh, uh, so that puts hmm? I I psychically tell uh, uh, Charles like, hey cover me make sure that nothing knocks me like uh play guard duty and make sure nothing knocks us uh off uh off target you got it so all you're seeing these four uh apparatus are beginning to close in their position they're doing a double movements themselves so they're not um firing at you but you can see that two of them have a cannons that they're like little load cannons that they are aiming towards your trajectory, while uh, the other two have these giant bastard like mauls. They look to be almost of like raw iron slag on sticks. They're very crude, but they look very brutal, and they're kind of moving in as a pincher attack. That's it. I just want to point out that that's an aesthetic choice. If you can build a mecha and you have them holding a cast iron stick, that is yep. a design choice you have made. Yep. Hey, I, 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 I'm just, I, that's me improving. I think that would be kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's dumb. I'm just yeah, saying they have made a choice saying, to be the baddies. That's a choice. Yeah, yes. No. Um, just, I'm, so lean, I'm leaning into that Saturday morning uh, yeah. cartoon vibe that Paschke was setting. Uh, so, um, how far, like, how close are they in terms of the range? So for you, um, the ones with the giant malls, <clears throat> by the time that you're going to be taking your action, are going to be within <laughs> near, and the ones with the guns are going to be in far. Okay. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Well, uh, I think I'm going to use my mobile strike ability to move toward that near enemy. Uh, and hit it with... Let's see what kind of attack I want to use. Um, 
burst fire. Yeah, let's use burst fire. I, t I test my ether against that. So let's see. What am I rolling against on that one? Eight. Okay, so you're going to be so uh, you pick which weapon that you're going to be using. If you're going to be using your spear or your mantlet. So your spear, um, this probably is also going to give you additional reach if you want. Let's do that. Let's use the spear. Also, I don't know what a mantlet is. It's kind of like a glovey, shieldy contrivance thing. Oh, okay. Like a buckler or something. Yeah, let's use the spear instead. It's it's All like... Right. I was making a joke, and I was on mute, and now the joke is dead. It's <laughs> dead. You can, I, no, said, you can, you can... I said it was an ant for men. Ah. Uh, now, the spear does give me minus two to my attack roll, which is good. So let's see if I can do that. That's a d20 to beat an eight. Um, so you're going to be doing your uh, if, uh, your stone. So for, for you, Alec, you're going to need to roll under 14. Okay, under 14. Gotcha. Now, okay, so this says 16, but with my spirit says I also get a minus two to attack roll. So am I at for that number then? Oh, um, so um, it's because the, if you want to throw it, then you would have minus two to. Um, you know, I just realized that I think that was a duplicate. Because that is not considered to be a heavy. Oh, I see. It's your ability. Yes. So that that you you are correct. So you would have the minus two to that. Um, so what did you roll total? Met it. So uh, total okay. is fourteen, which is my strength, I believe. Okay. Uh, so that would be a. Okay. I think I do think that that. I do feel like that is something that I have wrong on there. I think that should be for a heavy weapon, not for that. So actually, I think that should just be... I think you actually would have hit that. I need to make a correction on your sheet. Uh, so we'll just step that back, and um, you don't have that minus two, but you don't have the plus two to damage from the, the heavy weapon, since the spear is... Uh, its benefit is the, the reach, not heavy. So long story short, you do hit. Um, so you'd be using your mobile strike. So you would be doing D8 plus two for your mobile strike. Um, <laughs> and you get to do that. Since you're doing burst fire, you basically get to do that twice. Okay. And that's plus two on each one? That's correct. Because you're uh, targeting two different targets with right. burst. So um, you're using uh, the Olux uh, augments. So not only do you get to pick your apparatus or the frame that, with a model that they're doing, but you also get to pick an augment, which can be either offensive, defensive, or utility that gives an extra flavor. His is the beam emitter, so he gets to do some extra cool, uh, very powerful weapon stuff. So his burst fire allows him to do rapid fires of attack in a closer quarter with these people. So he closed the gap, and he's doing two series of attacks against those uh, targets. So That's what three was that? damage on the first one total. Okay. And eight damage on the second one total. All right. 
so this is also rupture damage, which is means that this bypasses their shield altogether. So this is much Hell more yeah. lethal damage that you're doing. Uh, so one of them is already beginning to close in, lifting this giant maul up towards it, and you just fire this beam like right through its its shoulder, and uh, you're not connected at all to their frame but you know like sympathetically your apparatus can hear this keening scream of the uh, damage that you've done to the uh, the other apparatus and it drops the giant maw and it you can see this kind of plummet to the ground with a large impact um, nice. it is not disabled but you can see sparks jutting out of it the other one that you've Fire just gives this gouge across his armor, and it still is relentlessly zooming in towards you. Um, you still have one other action. Did you um, want to do another attack? Did you want to use one of your uh, your activate one of your abilities? Let's see. I don't want to do another attack because then I'd have to. Yeah. Let's see. Well, your nexus. You could do yeah. well. That's the problem. Is if you use like your shatter beam attack, that one is still going to require you to roll your nexus. Um. Yeah. I might as well attack again. Let's just uh, let's just light that up again. So, see if I can get at or under fourteen. The attack. Are you doing your burst? Your burst fire or yes. your regular attack? Burst fire okay, again. So Okay. So do I uh, roll so Nexus first? Yeah. You're going to roll your stone first, and then first? you're going to okay. So my stone and comes then... out to a nat 20. God damn it. <laughs> so that is a, a failure. Uh, so if Burst Fire has a failure condition already, so you do 1d4 rupture damage to a single target, so you can pick the one that you've either done more damage to or the one you've done lesser damage to, but then you're also going to take d4 damage to yourself. Then we're going to resolve the crit fail part of that. Uh, so okay. which one did you want to do more of the a damage? The one that I've already damaged, and I will roll that d4 for it. Yeah. yeah, the one that I did the spark damage More damage to? to? Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that is a 4 that's another four uh, damage to it. Oh, so, good that news also the and same, That's how much I take as well. Well, um, yes and no. So the first thing is, basically, your weapon overheats and just explodes. Um, <laughs> I mean, it just it discharges. That's it's not good permanently news? destroyed. Um, it takes out the target. Uh, so you see this Sweet. bandit um, is or desperately reaching for a secondary weapon and you blow off his head where the cockpit is and you see fragments <laughs> of just organic matter just fly off. Yeah. Um, but the discharge from your weapon lashes back at you, cutting through your own shields and you also Ooh. take uh, four points of rupture damage. Uh, on top of that, um, you are going to um, be... Uh, what is that called? Startled or startled or rattled? Um, you are so you're going to have disadvantage. You're uh, for your next turn, um, and I need you to roll me a, uh, a hearth check. Okay. Shaken. That is the game term. Yeah, that's way better than <laughs> startled. Uh, S is a negative. You a little fright. 
Horus, I rolled an 11, which I'm pretty sure I passed. That is a tie. Uh, yeah. So yeah. that means that it would, it would be a failure. Uh, oh, so you're, you have this moment where your courage is, is kind of shaken. You have this moment of just like, I could have pushed my machine too hard and just ruptured my core and you are just rattled. Uh, so you're, Shaken is going to last for two rounds instead of once. It means you're going to, you know, your actions are going to be a disadvantage for two rounds. Right. Now, that uh, damage that I took, that comes out of my it, energy, correct? It's going to come straight out of your energy, correct. Okay, great. Then, gotcha. oh, I just wanted to make sure that was the right step. Lastly, you still have to make your nexus roll, and then we'll move on. All right, cool. That's a D10, isn't it? That's a D8 for you. A D8. Got it. They're all shaped so differently. He just wants okay. Just here we take go. On you in class. Yep. Uh, four. Four. Uh, so at least your engines are maintaining themselves, and it, it's just more of your own internal morale that is just shaken to the core as you're um, just taking this backlash of damage. Uh, meanwhile, um, the whole you... lower fifth of my cockpit is just full of frog shit now. Um, wait, wait, was, was it not before? No, I was keeping my cloaca clenched. Thank you. <laughs> so, Deck, uh, you're yes. in this firefight, you're kind of in this dogfight between these um, bandit suits uh, and your own. Uh, so, you've just gotten uh, a bandit a, suit a, now. Last... Thank you very much. Bandit apparatus. <laughs> Brigand. Brigand, I'm just going to be using uh, it's going to be alliterations all the way down. Perfect. <laughs> um, what I'd like to do first is I want to activate the Devastator um, ability, uh, which says yeah. uh, until the end of your next turn, you have advantage on all tests to, uh, made to attack and disadvantage on all tests made to avoid attack. So that's really I feel funny. Like that needs like a because really good sound effect. That's the name of a really high point beer, like a ten point beer here in Utah is is Devastator. So like high attack, low defense. That that's about the size of it. Yeah, when you're, when you're drinking ten point beer all night. I'll drink to that. Um, yeah, it sounds like it's a form of, it sounds like a, a bock, like a doppelbock or something. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Because it's O R. Uh, yeah. All right, so you start charging your lasers, and then I'm just gonna fire the load cannon at one of the other uh, little swarmlings that are. Okay. Be before you make your your attack roll, since you are activating your ability, you'll need to make your nexus roll for the devastator. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's a d6 for you. D6. So you have a much smaller threshold for over gutting your uh, that's a five apparatus. So oh. you're able to maintain course uh, and you fully activate your devastator. So go ahead and make your uh, your attack. Okay, and that's with advantage. So uh, one of them was a three. The other one was an 18. So we're gonna go with the three. Okay, that is the successful roll. So you are able to um, like brace and fire your load cannon. Uh, so this one is uh, uh, like a much bigger weapon. So it does. Um, you get a plus two damage. Oh yeah. So it is a D twelve plus two damage. Yeah. 
And the damage is seven plus two, so that's nine. Uh, nine points of damage. So you fire this, it's lar- this very l- bright lance, uh, and it, it almost floods your screen with too much light, and your machine, your apparatus kind of squeals as it filters it out. And you blast this arm off of the like the, the brigand apparatus. And you see like a gout of fire come out of it. Mm-hmm. Its engines sputter as it's fighting against the damage control. Um, and it is trying to detach itself from combat um, as it's beginning to like leak really bad core engine fumes. Okay. Uh, all right. So that gives us to Clint. Clint, you are on mute. Sorry, I had a coughing fit earlier, and I didn't want to disrupt the stream. Should have just changed bodies. <laughs> Anyhow, I understand there's still at least one of them left for me, right, gang? There's one that is attaching itself, but is still kind of uh, in airspace, and then the one that is trying to do you grievous harm, correct? Really, really important. One is attaching itself to me or someone else, or one of my teammates in danger. Is there all of your teammates in danger? Are one of my teammates critically in danger right now? Critically? No, not critically. All right. One of them is covered in shit. (laughs) <laughs> swimming in it i can't help with that <laughs> I, I bet. lower fifth lower fifth doesn't count as swimming in it i don't think all right so i'll just attack the one closest to me yes i rolled a 15 uh what was i uh, so what are you attacking with your uh your buckler or your load caster uh the load caster so you're gonna yeah so you need to roll under 12 so your first yeah. attack is a miss you, you kind of fire wildly uh your but you have a second action do you want to maneuver attack again or um something different i would like to do the attack again maneuver okay so go ahead and make your attack and then we're gonna roll for nexus seven so your first shot was a miss but you aim and you get a uh, a kid. Got him, guys. So for you, that is <laughs> D six. All right. And can I do the thing where I split it, or is that a separate thing you said I could do last time? That was a special um, yeah. ability. So you, know, so you, you, you oh. no, he is something different. So his is a light weapon, so he can do uh, roll two one step down damage die, which honestly statistically is a much better yeah. option than just rolling one larger die. So compared to last time where I got a one, you elites are guaranteed. Yeah, so it, it works in your favor. So you roll two d four. All right. Oh yeah, fuck yeah! I got five all together. Hell yeah. All right. Um, so this one already had uh, some damage. I think you already put a, scra- uh, a little chink in this. You fire across it, and you can see that it's shields, like it's very thin shields. Um, well, this one didn't even have shields. Let me step that back. Uh, you uh, 
like shoot a crater in its chest plating and it also this begins to smoke um it also begins to detach uh along with the other one and they are both kind of uh maneuvering in such a way that they're covering each other's flanks as they are tactfully retreating back up to the black ship above uh you can see that tactfully the retreating <laughs> the uh we call it advancing to the rear <laughs> Most of the ports on the black ship are beginning to close up, um, and it is beginning to move these giant cannons downwards um, towards where the laser drill is. Uh, so top of the enemy initiative, uh, the two that uh, were attacking both of you tactfully retreat back all the way up inside the hangar. Um, you're like the... Ancient machines that you're piloting, sometimes none of them have any form of AI, but some some houses like to kind of venerate their machines uh, as having some type of uh, animus about it. And you're pretty sure that you hear some type of snickering come from inside your ship and... Uh, uh, as it's, it kind of makes an onomatopoeia of like whimpering sounds as they, they retreat. Um, <laughs> so the zero, the zero engine has activated. <laughs> launch all, launch every zig. Uh, so um, none of them are pursuing you. Um, as far as on the ground for Alec and Czar, uh, you've destroyed um, the one with the mace and done serious damage Um to the the other the ones that have are bringing up their range weapon began to fire down at you so i need both of you to roll me uh two flux checks each that's a d8 for me right uh for you it is okay no, no no excuse me um charles your uh Alec has is you need to get under 13. Oh, so it's a okay. Uh, uh, All right, so you're able to pilot your ship because uh, you have your extra arm Fast. activated. You skitter out of the way, and Fast. for you, deck, you are able to activate your jets and you move out of the way. Uh, one of the uh, apparatuses rather helping defend the mines gets like hit in the shoulder um but he still grins and bears it as much as a uh emotion uh, that a giant robot can a robot can convey um but they finish getting this uh laser cannon maneuvered you start feeling tingling in your corporeal nethers? form as what I said nethers. In your I nethers? Feeling, I start feeling tingling as, in my nethers. And you yeah. get the taste of ozone in your mouth as this cannon becomes the full uh, capacity. There's this blinding sheet of light and this purple twisting uh, beam of energy begins to bore up into the black ship above. Ooh. There's a little bit of an orange flare as it hits a shield, and then it punches through that, and you see molten metal begin to spread along the underhull of it. The cannons that were underneath the giant ship, um, one of them fires, and it misses your area um, by... Uh, an uncomfortably close amount and where the other one was beginning to target in on you, you see the ship itself is beginning to detach back into the ether 
the ether slices open and it begins to kind of retreat itself. As it's pulling back, that laser cannon is just raking the underside of the hole, kind of peeling off some of these big black panels, including tearing off one of these like turrets uh, that begins to fall down to the ground. Oh, we probably better get the hell out of the way of that. The turret, Uh, I mean, the falling turret. Are our small friends who have been attacking us, are they retreating back? Uh, they are going to be retreating yeah. back as well. Okay. Okay. That's fine. So, fast forwarding this kind of montage of a retreat, um, you, after uh, a few moments, all of the vessels retreat out of view. Some of you get a couple of pot shots off and take down another one of these small, like, uh, brigand apparatuses, and they all retreat back. The defenders are uh, exhausted. You can see that more of of these, uh, of their own kind of militia have assembled, so a little too late. Um, but you're all kind of surveying the scene of what's happened here. Before uh, everyone had come to defense of Ferric, it looked like they had been pummeling this one area far, like, not too terribly far from the mine. Um, but it looks like they've uh, we shot enough ordnance down that it cracks the crust, and there is a opening going down into the ground. It looked like perhaps they were trying to maybe um, puncture and make an entrance for them to do one of their raids. Well, it's a pity they won't be able to do that. That's a lot of ordnance. Yeah. A lot of ordnance. Unfortunately for them, they now have two ships. And not the way they would hope for. <laughs> I will say this much, like stepping out game for a second. Um, like the giant robot fair that I've have watched has left me um with the awareness that I really love beam weapons when giant robots are using them. Mm-hmm. Uh not so much when when humans are, but like a giant robot using a beam weapon, that's the shit. You know, that's I... like gut- on, on that same on that same uh, wavelength, Charles, uh, there's nothing I love more than giant robots using non-weapon industrial tools as weapons. Yeah, yeah. Like, hundred and like I think that goes yeah. back to my like peasants fighting against knights, just like yeah, yeah. fuck the power. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's something so like. Um... Like, you know, when a human uh, picks up, like, an, an axe or a sword, like, when a robot picks up, like, I don't know, industrial saw, it feels kind of the same way. But, oh, it yeah. feels beautiful, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This um, feels so right. Yeah. Um, um, uh, I'm so, still holding this drill at the moment. Probably, so, that yeah, it's probably hot. I, so, yeah, this is the thing, because it, it's almost, like, on tracks everything, it's this huge thing that you're helping the shoulder. Um, and as it's beginning to power down, uh, one of the apparatus that's, it comes up that is, uh, you see that there are additional apparatus following him, is you identify him as being like the missile leader of Ferric, um, that is the shard tender amule. So they yeah. uh, box into your Nexus network. <clears throat> it's kind of a, a, a uh, scratchy bad feed at first because there's still so sure. much like discharge from the laser. Um, but they thank you for coming to the defense. 
and they express their concern about these raids and that they uh, Farrakh has been targeted multiple times. But the the strangest thing about the attacks is unlike other types of bandits and different groups that are after resources, these particular marauders have never once infiltrated the mines or gone after the valuable pure iron resources that are valuable to every house and group, but they're after something different altogether. I have a hypothesis. After, after a second, the translator in my cockpit kicks on and says, <laughs> that's an interesting hypothesis, my friend. Um, I would be reticent to form any sort of uh, a guess as to what they are after. However, if they are continuously targeting this area, perhaps there's something underground, something perhaps another civilization left uh, that they're after. A treasure hunt. Brigands are not the most intelligent of uh, enemies we face, but my team and I will happily look into the area they are, for lack of a better word, my friend, digging and see if we can come up with some reason that they would be targeting you. I'm hoping that this voice is a computer-generated British accent, Alexa, that it's it's being piped over, like, just screeching. You can hear your original, like, spidery (laughs) alien speech. (laughs) I think it'd be way funnier. It'd be way funnier if it were, like, you know, the hideous spider noises, and then it was, like... My friend, what we are trying to do. Gilbert Godfrey, rest his soul, uh, recorded all of all of the voiceovers. So it doesn't yeah. matter what alien you are, it's all Gilbert Godfrey all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> if you want an upgrade, switch yeah. to premium. But yeah, and everyone Patrick is just completely <laughs> and everyone is just completely yeah. used to it. So like it's not even a thing for us anymore. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I talk in my froggy croaking, and it comes out with, you know, one-fifth of my cockpit is filled with shit. <laughs> which, might, which might be something that Gilbert, his memory, be a blessing actually said at some point. <laughs> I, I I am sorry. My friend's, my friend's translator is stuck on, um, on another one. Uh, I have one that just says Bobcat here. Maybe that would be better. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Possibly the only one worse. Uh, no, it's not worse at all. or better. Uh, so yeah. I, I'm going to psychically tap into my uh, my teammates and sort of explain the concerns and say like, "Hey, there's a big hole in the ground. You guys love holes in the grounds like I do, right? We're on the. Uh, we're. I've we're been in a few. I don't not we're- like them. We're situationally aware that the what you call them the Ogar the Ogara Ogara Ogar, yeah, we're aware that those uh, are on the Ogre. on the move, right? Yes. Yeah, there. So there have already been sightings of them in various fringe communities uh, amongst the fragments. Uh, the full incursion of them has not been seen, but you know it's a matter of time before they finish crossing the ether and uh, devastate everything once again. All right. I think that um, I 100% agree with my scuttly friend here. And um, I think that the stakes are probably higher than we suspect. It might be more than just treasure. It might be something related to the um, Ogara or the apparatuses, or it could be a shard or who knows. So let's I completely out. agree. I was, I am attempting to like not cause a panic by 
saying like, ah, it's probably nothing, but we'll, oh, we'll yeah, check yeah, it yeah. out. I'm talking oh, boy, to you guys. Did you say treasure? The, I'm using the Psychic Friends hotline to yeah, talk yeah, to yeah. you guys about that. Oh, no, no, I know. Yeah. All right. Oh, by the uh, way, I think our team name should be the Super Friends because I don't think anyone's oh, used yeah. that before. Yeah, that's, yeah. Ooh, that's good. That's Thank good. you. I, I, I just came yeah. up with it. Man. You know what that is? That's You're super. genius. It's because we're friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Amiel boxes uh, <clears throat> in and uh, completely agrees with what you're saying. It's like, if you if you want to, to go down and relieve the reconnaissance to figure out exactly what we're dealing with, I will begin marshalling defenses here and setting up. I'll, I'll, I'll vox in towards uh, more core words, see if any other houses will be here, uh, because I don't know if, if we will be able to survive a full onslaught. They retreated pretty early for... Uh, it just seems suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a, a greater Smart. attack must be coming later. Or we intimidated them. Um, With our <clears throat> nudity. Yeah, That's right. I, I Completely would go naked re- in this cockpit. <laughs> I would recommend that uh, they go ahead, the defenses keep that mining laser pointed upward and charged. Um, that came in pretty handy. Yep. And with that passed yeah. on, we'll go down into the hole. Let's we'll do our scuttle dance. Yep. <laughs> Mine's more of a, a hop and a, and a gentle... So we're doing the scuttle and hop. The scuttle and it's hop, like, yeah. it's, it's like the whip and nene, but more frog and spider themed. Or the bandicoot and crash. Or the tomb and raider. I'm just going to go in the <laughs> hole. Oh, okay. <laughs> you guys just want to talk about PS1 games now? Yeah. I think I'll go. Um, if you guys don't mind, I'll go down first since I'm like our tank. My armor's very thick and blah. So, yeah. Get I am going to actually. To, you have to fight deck for it. No. Nope, <laughs> I. By all means, thick boy, get in I there. will actually go last yep, because I'm, I'm the most nimble. Uh, that way, yep. I don't. Like, someone doesn't get stuck above me and then we can't quickly we'll get back to the surface if we need to. Makes sense. So when you are beginning to so when you when you approach this crater area, you take a look at it and you see that the ground is, I mean, it's just absolutely carbonized from the sheer amount of uh, ordinal bombardment that had happened in this area prior to the assembly of things. You can see that large fissures run along this whole area and the hole itself um, although immediately dark it does seem to have a slight throbbing glow emanating from it it seems to cycle between uh, like a, a soft violet and then something in between a teal and like an aquamarine uh, it seems to be vibrating on an odd almost etheric spectra and that's how your ships and your own biological sensors are kind of detecting the energy wavelength um, so you sound, you are going to be heading in first, uh, Olak. So as you yeah. uh, pilot your way in, the first thing you notice is that there's an odd sense of gravity here. 
gravity has been kind of uh, normalized to being directionally the surface of fragments. But when you go through the hole, you feel gravity is along the sides of the cavern and that it is shifts and your internal gyro is half to stabilize as there seems to be something very odd here like this is somewhere uh between real space and the the ether um you almost looks like at first that you're almost inside of a giant geode um but it's almost kind of hard to conceptualize because it is larger in the inside and it meanders almost kind of in these fractal-like patterns downward almost in a spiral if those directional coordinates kind of make sense of downward and spiral. I'm going to psych all that back to my friends um, and invite them to come on into the, the scary Larry's, you know, discount house of madness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love it. Actually, I have a question that might be a little strange. Um, <laughs> if it wasn't strange, then I would be worried about you. <laughs> uh, seeing as though Charles and I are not actually humans, uh, would I'm our brains be different? At... No one's uh, human. No. Oh, well, since none of us have by like, would our brains? I have a spider brain. Would my brain be processing this differently? To a degree where I have a different comprehension of it. No, they've That's done a... they've done experiments with spiders in zero gravity and the webs they build, and they are very much affected, um, albeit in a different way than humans. But like, yeah, they don't know what the fucking zero g just like. What we kind don't. of uh, out of curiosity, what kind of webs do frogs build in zero g? <laughs> None. We we're, <laughs> we're not very bad. good at building. Yeah, That'll we're be... not very good at building. Webs. How fucking freaky would that be? We took a frog into space and it grew mandibles and started spinning webs. Send flamethrowers. Oh my god, no. I'd be like, man, we gotta get like more animals to space to figure out if this is like universally applicable or now, that is, why. That's a good question because everything on Earth, um, the the most evolutionary preferred yeah, form is the, is the crab. So what mm -hmm. would it be in zero G? That's a great question. Um, so this is spiders a... are just wetty crabs. Maybe. Kinda, yeah. Yeah, so this is also pods. disorienting at first, um, but you would probably feel a little more comfortable the fact that as being someone that can maneuver on difficult terrain um, okay. and gravity being localized to surfaces, I think with your extra uh, arm, you probably feel like you can get more of a grip and orient yourself to that. If you were okay. just free like flying, legs. it would probably be. Yeah. Oh, all right. You, I was just wondering. No. Um, so I'll, all of you enter into the space and kind of also get this bewildering fractal, almost like a non-Euclidean space that you're in. All of you first make me an ether check uh, as you acclimate to this space. Mm -hmm. Ooh, first failed roll of the night. Uh, three over. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Uh, hang on a second. Mm -hmm. What number was I trying to beat? Uh, let's see here. So um, for you, that is uh, under eight. Yeah, I'm fucked. I passed. Anybody oh. pass? I pass as well. No, I, I did not pass. Did you say you passed, Clint? Yeah, Clint. Clint, how? Yeah, yeah, I passed. I'm good at things like understanding Mount Euclidean space. 
Yes, Soy. Yes, you are. Is that is that a yes or is that a sarcasm? No, I got. I rolled a seven. I passed. Okay. I, I was Sorry, I'm, the only, I, I'm the only one who failed. Voice. Yeah. No, I failed. Okay. No, you, two of you failed. Uh, yes, sir. So, as the as the one as you the two of you failed, I just feel very lost in here. If it wasn't for your ne- your nexus and your two companions that can really make sense of the space, you would feel progressively lost. But the things that you notice, uh, Clinton Deck, is that there are odd, you'd almost say like handholds in this this geode-like structure and glyphs, and you start to, as you study it for a while, see that there is a pattern that brings you closer towards the center or core of the space. So as you follow that downward, um, the space feels like it is both getting smaller and larger at the same time. And at some point, you have to just kind of turn off your augments or your uh, apparatuses, external computerized sensors, and just go off of a manual read. And just getting literally. I was literally about to make a joke about like never had these problems with metadimensional travel in the Rand McNally days. <laughs> um, so as you follow your your senses down, you eventually come into a different space that transitions from out of fractal spiral downward into what would translate as in a large oblong chamber. It's almost like a jarring transition between spaces. This one feels somehow more rooted in real space, but then also has that very etheric feeling to it. There's a very strong, odd energy here that kind of scrambles your senses just a bit in the very center of this giant like cyclopean chamber is a pyramid like structure it looks to be it shifts dimensionally a bit as you look at it with both your ship sensors and your uh, whatever serves as your eyes for your species but it is a giant crystal pyramid like prism that is inlaid with black metal it's hard to tell but it is this thing that is giving this pulsating energy between the uh, aquamarine spectra and the more like violet spectra guys i think this is one of wilhelm reich's organite pyramids if i'm not mistaken (laughs) there's so much orgone in here yeah that deadly orgone radiation that dor gotta get it out of your life (laughs) wait that's a point for me i think i think i did we just yep Okay. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I, I marked it. I I, good, I, good. I, I I don't like that on TikTok and on Facebook Reels randomly, someone unironically talks about making like organite crystals and stuff, and I'm like, I want to get one. Resin uh, and, and copper. Yeah. It, come on. I want to I, I get one that's that's like made by somebody who's a real believer, and just to have it among my like. I'll, I'll pan the camera over there one day because I've got a whole like multiple shelf system of like weird occult shit and I feel like it's not complete without some organized stuff. You know who believed in that? William S. Burroughs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. 
So, um, you see this giant pyramid structure at the center of this cyclopean chamber. You know from the dimensions of this fragment that space really shouldn't exist, especially within being closer proximity to the iron mines. Hmm. How big is it in relation to our mechs? You feel like a housefly in a uh, like a basketball court. Okay. Okay. I, I, not uh, the space, but the the Orgon pyramid. Um, oh. How, how how big is it compared to us? Is it? You feel like a enormous? Um, like a like a tourist to the Louvre uh, glass pyramid. Okay. Window right. things. So it's too big for us to get out of here. In short. Unless we throw a rock at it. Oh wait, it's probably not made of well, glass. Maybe there's a door in it. Maybe yeah. <laughs> just what sweep up the. Maybe maybe there's a door in it, and we can like uh, go inside, and there's a smaller one that we can take home from the gift shop, and tell the people that's that where that's... you exit. Yeah, and we could tell the people ah. that the little the little the souvenir one we got was the real thing. They don't know how big it is. I know they haven't been down here. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. Um, or should we just like take footage and take that back to defense command or whatever? You guys want to get think that closer? might be the one. Yeah. yeah, that's probably the smart move. But I feel yeah. like one of us should interject here, guys. If we don't act now, then they'll just have an uprising <laughs> and destroy our whole society. We have to destroy them now. Who's them? That's an excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> It's so, the first one, really. So I assume that our um, mechs have like AV recording equipment, since even like medium fancy cars do nowadays. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's just we bail have dash the cams. Yeah. <laughs> let's just bail the fuck out of here and like um, go show other people who might be more qualified to deal with weird gigantic relics. This isn't our neck of the woods, you know. Yeah, you, you said this isn't your mech of the woods. Not uh, our mech of the woods. Uh, uh, stop, stop trying to get me to log off. <laughs> Frogman didn't get a reaction, but that did. You guys. All right. Yeah, let's let's get the fuck out of here. Okay. So just taking like information from the outside, not getting too close. Okay. Enough right, that uh, if they if they have some sort of legend or record or even like rumor that might relate to this they they will know more about it than we do yeah like if this were a, a relic from frogtopia i would know what it is but i don't know what we're fucking with it could be the atom bomb or the cure for cancer i'm not sure right yeah i mean technically the atom bomb an atom bomb that cures cancer <laughs> i mean doesn't it though <laughs> Uh, it depends on how far away from it you are, actually. <laughs> and on the way out, I want to kind of, uh, like, uh, take note of the glyphs that were going on the walls uh, as well, so, you know, at, so that we can report all that stuff back up. Maybe they know what the glyphs actually mean. Yeah. Okay. With the patterns and stuff. I mean, the chances so of it being some root of their language is pretty good, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. So would you? Uh, uh, hmm? So yeah, we we came around out of the hole. You got hit. 
There you are there are so many crystals down there. It's a sure <laughs> sign of a hippie infestation. Um, we can we can patchouli. we can fumigate, but um. Oh boy, are my chakras aligned, guys? <laughs> yes. It's spreading. It's communicable. Being down there just for forty-five minutes cured my Lyme disease. Amio is a bit confused uh, and they say uh, infestation of what exactly <laughs> no we just turn over the footage and say um, the end we're gonna, of the we're gonna evidence take this say, to yeah. the high command yeah that's our whole idea so, is to take, take it to um, whatever whoever our superiors are and also to the people here in case they know what it is and can help us with it. So let's start yeah, with uh, the what the shard keeper here locally. So that'd Amiel be, that'd be a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah, no, so yeah, Amiel will immediately be like, this needs to be reported to the authority to uh, Ethereum. They're okay. the they're the, the agency that oversees the refinement and collection of uh, etheric energy. They're like, this is ancient. Uh, this is some form of like very ancient uh, uh, aether tech that is needs to be studied. And like, this is very. We don't know what this is. Uh, this is something we've we've not seen. But those glyphs show that this is one of the early races that were able to understand and harness this, that the tech that everything that we have is based off of. Um, I mean, we shouldn't have gone in there and banged a wrench on everything and <laughs> so hit the on-off switch. And I see dare what you to sort the black slime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again. <laughs> So um, with that, uh, they are able to send off a, a data package through the various relays to go from fragment to fragment uh, so it can reach us in time. And he goes, ah, th you know, this is going to be a challenge because if they come back with the black ships, then we don't know if we can defend this long enough. If this is something worth losing life over or if this is something dangerous that we need to defend at all costs. Um, already, like you're starting to get uh, tingles in your your skin, and your like, your alarms are beginning to go off in your ship. As you can see already, the uh, the veil is beginning to thin again, and you can see a dark shadow kind of pressing on the other side. Uh, can we now? Well, it looks like we should re-aim our mining laser. Yeah, I was going to say, we've got the, the mining laser up. We've got, uh, like, I don't think we can stage a prolonged defense of this site. No, but we but can, we can make them real scared. Yeah, mm -hmm. we can at least try and then um, stage a, what is the joke in Gaunt's Ghost that they always repeat that the Imperial Guard never retreats? They stage a tactical, a tactical retreat. Or, uh, yeah, ta stage tactical, tactical yeah. retreat. Withdrawal, yeah. tactical withdrawal. Yeah, stage tactical withdrawal. That's what we're going to do if things get too hairy. Um, yeah. Well, and as they guys, as those guys uh, set up the, the mining uh, cannon, I will get back up into position uh, and uh, set up the, the load cannon for to start picking off any that uh, start coming towards the surface. Oh, 
All right. So the um, ether or the, the the veil parts, and you see that looming in the background is the giant black ship, and coming out first is a, a freighter that is also kind of the exterior looks to be like gnarled iron plates uh, and also has two large load cannons on other sides of it. And it is coming in first and you see that it's already moving the its uh, cannons towards the position of the mining laser uh, as kind of a preemptive strike. So we'll go ahead and, and start this as uh, our kind of final little combat encounter of the evening. We'll be you versus this uh, flux freighter and uh, see if you're able to push off its, iner its initial uh, foray or if uh, you will lose your suits to it. So I will have all of you make a flux check to see if you go before or after the ship. Yeah. <laughs> That's my Did second nat twenty of the evening. Wow. Did you know that according to some mathematicians, uh the designation oh, no. of positive and negative is really of the evening. Is really so we've got the, we've got the to... Baltusburger rage quit, the Baltusburger bargain. Look, man, at this point, I'm just checking boxes for y'all. This is how John Warren's uh, points, okay? Is it Baltusburger bingo, or...? Yes, yeah. we need yeah. to do that. We... Anyway, the, the point is, is that um, all, when you look at it from a multiversal standpoint, hmm. um, having four points above or four points below are the same. There's such a finite usionist to everything that those two points are one and the same. Any of you pass. I did. I got a three. <laughs> okay. Then you're going to get the first action, and then we'll round robin from there. Uh, so, Deck, uh, you said you were uh, preparing your actions. Tell me how that plays out. Okay, so um, was my movement uh, prior to uh, <laughs> basically the initiative turn? Okay. So yes. um, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to activate the Devastator uh, again. And then, so I guess I'll All roll right, my. So make your. Flux. Yep, your Nexus check. Oh, my Nexus check. So it's a D6. Correct. Uh, that's a three on the die. All right. You maintain it. Okay. And then um, I'm going to fire the load cannon at this uh, freighter. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, I got a two and a nine. A two and a nine. All right, so you have uh, 11 points of damage there. Oh, and uh, I thought that was for the attack. Your, oh, for your attack, sorry, that you're rolling your advantage, yes. So when yes. you're able to get your hit, correct. Okay, so I'll roll my d12. Uh, oh, that's a... And then... That's, that's a 12 plus Yeah, two. d12 plus 2. 14 points, and that is max. That is... Yes. Uh, spectacular. So you... Uh, fire this giant burst out and it strikes the underside of the freighter it does not seem like it is diverting any type of energy into shields and you are just knocking out huge chunks of slag from it um, as it rumbles through the rest of it rumbles into real space um, it is uh, still beginning to charge its 
uh, cannons. So it is moving one cannon in your general direction and one towards the mining laser. Uh, so I need you, Deck, to roll me a... Is anyone by Deck in, in close proximity? Um, I, I would for consistency's sake just be sure. like... That seemed to work last time. Yeah. Two, I was going to say, it's going to be two targets, so I just wanted to see who's most logically close. So it'll be you, Deck, and Clint. I'll have you both roll me flux checks to dodge. Okay, and this will be a disadvantage uh, because of Correct. the devastation. <laughs> uh, five and 11, so it's 11 on the die. Uh, for flex the, is eight. It's eight, so, that's, so yeah. that is a failure for that's you. Failure. Yeah. And what about you, Clint? Oh, Clint passed. Clint passed. Okay. Nice. So, oh, deck. You get max damage from that. Uh, the load cannon bears down on you and is striking for eight points of damage. It uh, so 10,000 points? Well, it has more things that it can do, but... Ah. So... Uh, so you oh, can choose oh, to use many of your shield dice that you want to soak. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Um, I'm going to do... Might as well use them all. Fuck, yeah. I'm going to... I'll use all three of them. Okay. So if and you roll that's... a six on any of them, then you break them. Nope. I got a five, a three, and a two, so that's ten. So then all right. I soak it all then correct so you soak it all it turns and it fires its load cannon right towards the the mining laser uh are were you weren't you preparing to use that as well uh czar yep okay so i'll need you to roll me flux oh nice uh that is a nine under Nine under. So you dodge out of the way, but it causes the laser cannon to explode in a purple fireball, like electric fireball, and it takes out one of the other apparatus from um, yeah, your supporting militia. Then um, you hear like this kind of burst of static scream as he immolates to his core. Um, you see the freighter. Uh, it begins to open up uh, bay doors and it releases two larger in very kind of crude green um, uh, heraldry almost look like hunters from the ancient era but these are more twisted and cruel uh, you see that one holds something that's in between a giant flail and a hammer while another one holds a cook and a chain, and they advance towards your group. You can hear um, sounds coming from the Vox net as the militia prepares to defend against them, and Amiel leads the charge, um, holding the banner of Ferris, um, of Theric, um, as he leads the defense. You can see in the background already, like the larger of the black ship begins to um, push its way through after seeing that the mining laser has been taken out. And there are uh, a handful of those flying more smaller bandit crafts beginning to swoop in. They're gunning towards that hole and you know that they're going to do everything they can to get whatever's at the bottom of that. So let's put us at our 15 minute um, towards end of stream. But that means that after all of the commercials for uh, flavorless shredded wheat, we have our PSA <laughs> for the evening. And our message has been brought to you uh, by 
Sky Seer Clint. <laughs> oh boy, do you think that milk is too flavorful and rich and you need to make it more bland? Get <laughs> shredded wheat product. That's right, shredded <laughs> wheat product is good for you and good for your digestive health. Fix it with kombucha for an ungodly, awful breakfast that you will barely be able to put down. But gosh darn, will be full of probiotics. What's, what's, what's the message to our young viewer audience? What is the moral that they should take from uh, today's episode? What Eat a healthy breakfast. Toilet? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't clog the toilet. <laughs> First thing. Yeah. Ask your mom and dad before using the poop knife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this show, computer. this show is awful and I regret it. <laughs> Friends, uh, this has been Aether Nexus. Uh, it is a game that I asked us to play um, because, I mean, if you've been watching the stream, look at this fucking art. Yeah, uh, first and foremost, yeah. like, um, for a long time, I wanted to uh, to play Lancer, another mech RPG, but like, they don't they don't have any physical stuff now, uh, and so like getting in on this and uh, getting in on. Uh, on this game as it kind of like comes to fruition is pretty magical. Um, they have a lot of different levels you can back at. You can get the PDF, you can get the physical edition. You can also get the uh, the mech hack uh, book that this game is based on. So uh, you can kind of uh, choose your level of involvement of like what you get, but it's a very cool project with, like I said, just gorgeous art. So I hope that you'll consider backing it. Uh, I I did uh, full disclosure. I uh, I requested that we played it, and over the course of the week, I was like, you know what? No, I'm gonna go ahead and back this bad boy because it looks great. I think you only have to disclose that if it's like something you made. I think yeah. if you like it, that's not like a conflict of interest. Yeah. Well, and, and I, Matt, I, Matt I like disclosing went shit. Okay. But, All right. And Matt Matt Click, uh, one of the authors, joined us briefly in the chat as oh, well. Cool. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right uh nice. he did. Uh he he had uh he had some good statements. Um so a couple of things. First of all, obviously this is absolute tabletops either uh Nexus, uh Matt Click, Michael Barker, Tim Kearney, David Black, and Ben Fluter. Uh I can't read because my eyes aren't that good. Um, but thank you for letting us play. Uh if you weren't aware our intro and outro music is uh, Barbaria of Purple Miasmic Smoke from uh, Bog Wizard. Just an incredible band doing incredible shit. Uh, this episode drops on Friday, as all of our episodes do. And that's the day that uh, Big Cartel and Bandcamp give extra money to bands when you... Uh, when you support them. So uh, there's a link in the show notes. Click on that. Go to Bog Wizard shit and support them because they are amazing. They Bridget are. right now is in Philadelphia preparing for StokerCon. Nice. Um, so you can hang out with Bridget there. Uh, you could also maybe see Doug Ford and pick up copies of Ape in the Ring, Guda Lugosi, or his brand new book, The Trick. Wrath James White is a guest of honor, and there is a panel on Splatterpunk. 
So I think Tamika uh, Thompson is there as uh, just an attendee too. So yeah, so yeah. Uh, uh, Tamika Thompson Thompson wrote um, Salamander Justice from Madness mm-hmm. R Press. So uh, and there's more. Like uh, I I am incapable of keeping track of where all of the Madness R Press authors and artists are at any given time. Uh, I begin sending out little chocolate candies with radioactive isotopes in them so I can like <laughs> so I can just pull them up on my screen and see where everyone is and like you know if they step out of line I do an explode the head thing Amanda yeah. Waller style uh, yep. but in my defense our contracts stipulate that a I am your legal mother and b there <laughs> is a behavior clause in our contract so if I explode your head for being a transphobe well it was in the contract. But on the <laughs> other hand, Thanks, C, Mom. since he is our mother, he is legally obligated to nurse us, which I've always thought was nice. I, the milk of my teats is what drives the foundation of Madness Heart Press. Yep. Um, Charles, you have the a memory. new book. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the 28th. Uh, he led us into the wilderness and spoke to us is my jonestown novel um it is one part historical horror one part cosmic horror and um i don't know one part just that charles r bernard special sauce so, yeah the uh, special sauce which is why i you know you know uh related to that charles lucas mangum always comes to me and he's like you know i'm thinking about trying to write this book because that seems popular or this book because that seems popular and i always tell him the same fucking thing lucas I don't care what's popular. I want a Lucas Mangum joint. Yep. Like, write what's true to you. And and that's one thing I really love about Charles's writing is he always writes true to uh, himself. And uh, Charles's books are such that no one else could have written them but Charles, which would makes oh, them thank you. really yeah. stand out. Uh, so pick up. Uh, you can pre-order. He led us yep. into the wilderness and spoke to us right now on Amazon or on Press. Uh, you can also pick up his other books. Congratulations on your hatred and um, uh, baptism for the dead. Uh, Pick both of those up. We also have pre-orders for a reprint of Ed Lee's The Backwoods. Yep. uh, And Charwood, Mm -hmm. uh, which, uh, so let me, I'm going to try to get this straight. Next month on the 14th, I believe, um, Lucas Mangum's Blade Job, which is about Blood Ritual, Time Travel, and Wrestling drops on the 28th, The Backwoods by Ed Wee, which is a horror erotica book that has a record number of the word nipple uh, within its pages, (laughs) and Charwood, which is a Jewish eco-horror cosmic thing that's just gorgeous. Uh, Also described as Jewish folk horror, which is a genre I am deeply in love with. Uh, That comes out on... August 28th, I believe. Uh, you can also obviously get things like Beautiful Darkness, Everyone Dies Famous, uh, Whispers of the Dead Saint, and Odd Gobs. Uh, on a side note, Odd Gobs is now available on Exalted Funeral. So, uh, and like, I looked at Exalted Funeral like while we were in the green room today and added four things to my cart. So I have a problem that I need to nip in the bud. <laughs> but uh, it's a cool site if you haven't already sh- shopped there. Finally, uh, Kevin Welch, you have a brand new fucking show. I do. I did hint at it last time I was on. Um, It is called The World Standard Presents Flittle the Face, a compatible with Merc Board actual play podcast. 
we uh recorded the the first episode uh last week and it will be airing on june 3rd uh it's gonna be a bi-weekly uh podcast kind of uh offsetting how the world standards doing their normal show because they're taking like uh they're doing bi-weekly on uh for their show for the summer so we're kind of uh bouncing back bouncing and forth back and forth that. yeah um and uh it's going to be focusing on uh third-party content so uh so i have to ask are y'all going to be delving into uh the dungeon from whispers or into morcovians you'll have to talk to uh <laughs> You know what? Let me talk Cross to promotion. Uh, yeah, let me talk to Chris about it. And I don't see or we'll, we'll talk. there is so much there is so much cool third party content that Absolutely. like I could never get mad if my stuff wasn't top of the list because holy shit, there's so much incredible stuff from so many amazing artists out there. Yeah. And, and in fact, the first one that we're doing, and I, I I hope I'm not spilling the beans too much, but we're doing uh Trapped Within from uh Philip Jensen. Oh, oh, very cool! Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. that's the first yeah. arc we're starting with. So uh, I edited that. Yeah, we played and I wrote it. some I think, of the stuff yeah. in it. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> we're playing it, and it's the, yeah. the first freaking uh, the first episode was fucking nuts. So awesome! Uh, yeah, it, I can't wait to have it out there. I'm, I'm like, I'm just almost just itching just to get this thing out there for everyone just, to listen to. Just so. Philip, no. Oh yeah. Actually we sent okay. him uh the uh we sent him the episode today. Cool. To listen to uh beforehand. So uh so, it's a sneak peek because he wrote the adventure. So you can go ahead and like go and subscribe to that and start checking that out uh bi-weekly starting June third, uh, which is a beautiful day. Uh celebrate your freedom with some Yorkborg. Um yes. Uh, you can also find us on on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just look up Flail the Face. I think uh, I sent uh, Charles the yeah. Uh, the, we'll be all the notes. we'll be send we'll be sending out a lot of stuff from our socials here. So if you're watching us live, that'll be tomorrow. If you're watching us on Friday or afterward, just check our yesterday. You know, <laughs> yeah, it was yesterday, and just check, and you'll find it. While you're on the socials, by the way. Please go follow at one moncast. Uh, Charles maintains Absolutely. that, and it is just chock a block full of nerd news and cool that commentary on mm -hmm. on what's going on in Argo subculture. Um, on that note, friends, thank you so much for joining us on this consensual journey we call Wandering Monster. My name is John Baltusberger. I am Charles R. Bernard. Ian Servas. Mr. Paschke. And Kevin. We will be back <laughs> next week. Until then, put kombucha in your fucking Wheaties. Do it. <laughs> Do it, coward. Do it. It's for your health. <laughs>